In a February 2023 study shared by Forbes columnist Adrian Gostick, he says a staggering 40% of people experienced work-related burnout, leaving them mentally and physically exhausted. This should not come as a surprise to us, people in and outside of the workplace, because people are tired. But if that's not alarming enough, I'll tell you what is. Harvard Business Review study revealed that more than half of millennials and a striking 75% of Gen Zs have left their jobs due to mental health reasons. So if we're to wrap our arms around this, people are exhausted, they're tired, they're either on the verge of being burnt out or already there. Moreover, the younger generation leaving their jobs due to mental health reasons. Now, I have identified a major problem, might not be the only one, but a major problem is are, as leaders, are we, do we know that there is a major problem here? And even if so, what are we doing to help remedy that problem? Are we letting these team members and fellow leaders kind of slip through the cracks? Or do we do what I like to say is, do we see each other? I'm going to break down to you in the latest edition of Inside Out Leadership, a personal story of a person that I happened to bump into not too long ago, and a practical framework that I believe will help you have a higher perspective on yourself, on those around you to more effectively serve those in your midst. Enjoy. I was en route to be a featured keynote speaker in Fort Worth, Texas. When I arrived at Philadelphia Airport, I was certainly looking forward from my trip from Philly to Dallas, Fort Worth. I mean, who wouldn't? I get a chance to serve my sphere of influence with highly receptive hearts, my inside-out leadership philosophy and principles. I mean, it just doesn't get any better than that. After I got a chance to get through security, I went about my usual travel routine of grabbing, which I always love to do, grabbing a physical newspaper and, and grabbing some snacks and a decaf cup of coffee, not a regular, because you don't want to see me on more than one cup of regular a day. Let me just Let me just say that. But as you can imagine, as I grabbed the newspaper, the snacks and everything, I got settled in at the departing gate and I was just hanging out in one of the chairs, just in a relaxed kind of state, eagerly anticipating the place that I was going to go, who I was going to meet, how the message would come across. It was pretty awesome. And that's when I heard a man shouting from a distance, hey, Rob, I can't believe I'm seeing you here. This man, I, I would guess, was about 50 feet away and appeared obviously very happy and excited to see me. I, to be real, I, I struggled to recall who it was, but as he got closer and closer, there's no doubt about it, it, with like outstretched arms, he was ready to give me a big hug. And then as he embraced me, I embraced him, it dawned on me who it was. It was a friend from my local church community a while back that I hadn't seen for years. You know, after we embraced and expressed just being so grateful, thankful to seeing each other, he shared with me that he was traveling from Philly to Dallas for the memorial service of his eight-month-old niece. As you can only imagine, he and his family were absolutely devastated and he left his wife and his kids back home and traveled solo to be with his family, just to be there, play the guitar at the memorial service, to grieve together, 
to share, to reflect, to even celebrate this, this life of eight months. When he told me the surprising news, I, I, was, I was completely caught off guard because I was so focused on what I was doing. You know, in other words, I, even though the situation was unexpected, involved someone very different from me because he was going through a pretty tragic set of circumstances, which I wasn't. I was able to quickly adapt and accept the new and spontaneous set of circumstances, which led for me, obviously, to embrace my friend and to be present with him and connect with him. And more, more than anything, just to listen. You know, as he shared his story, he explained how he felt that actually seeing me when he noticed me even from a distance, thinking it was me, that he believed it was a sign from God that he wasn't alone. And so... As I continue just to listen to his story and some of the details of his story, and you know, I, I listen attentively and express my empathy and compassion, certainly for his loss. And as we spoke together, we both cried. It was just one of those times. Then we boarded the plane together, and how could we not? We took a selfie because we had to be reminded of this, not say a selfie would re remind us of it alone because it's certainly etched in our minds and hearts forever. But in today's day and age, you take a selfie when you're with a friend and sometimes even a stranger, but we took it to capture the moment and we hugged again before taking our seats. But don't you know, we, we made it to Dallas Fort Worth airport and at the baggage claim, I saw him again. And, and, um, I, got a chance to briefly meet some of his family members and gave them hugs. And I offered my prayer certainly to him and for them as a family. It's just one of those times I'll never forget. Calling all leaders. This is Rob Holman. And I'm sure you would agree with me, whether it's personal experience or secondhand experience, there is a glaring well-being problem in our world and in our workplaces. Matter of fact, I came across a Deloitte survey recently that revealed that almost 70% of executives are considering leaving their jobs for workplaces that care more for their well-being. Part of the same study also said that 57% of employees outside of management roles want to quit for similar reasons. Okay, there is clearly a problem here, lack of well-being in the workplace. And I love how Tiki David, a Psychology Today blog writer, defines well-being. It's the experience of health, happiness, and prosperity. It actually includes having good mental health, high life satisfaction, a sense of meaning or purpose, and the ability to manage stress. In Steps, my inside-out leadership philosophy and principles, it's all about helping provide the tools, setting you up for greater success, of embracing your unique identity, living and leading out of a place of purpose and passion, to where you remain vibrant and sustainable for the long haul. So you as an end result can better serve people within your sphere of influence. I have a couple great resources for you to seriously consider. Take my free five minute well-being assessment to get a finger on the pulse of how you're doing in this moment and in this time. To find out more information on that, please go to www.robholman.com forward slash checkup. In addition to that, check out my books. I have three of them. The first is Lead the Way, More to Deal with Personal Leadership. The second, All In, How You Can Build and Foster Trust from the Inside Out. And lastly, and most recent book, Move the Needle, 
which is how you can have greater organizational influence from the inside out. All three books can be found on Amazon. Hopefully, these resources greatly encourage and inspire you on your inside out leadership journey. So I'm reflecting on this time and I, I can't help but think that I was completely surprised to see a friend at the airport. I mean, how it was like an early flight in the morning. How often does anyone see a friend unless they're traveling with you? So that number one made it extra special. But I was also encouraged because of the default mechanisms in myself deeply that just kind of set in was I, I aim to lead with purpose and authenticity and compassion, regardless if I'm caught off guard or not. Now, sometimes it takes a little time to recalibrate and readjust and align to something new when it, it does blindside us, but nonetheless, so that I could actually offer support and encouragement and service and presence really with my friend, because that's what he needed in that moment. And don't you know, now what I'm about to bring up with you, don't you know, he contacted me a few months later and he sent me a text. And uh, during this stretch of three months, I would think about him once in a while, pray for he and his family, for comfort, strength, encouragement, peace. But he texted me and he sent me a, a really touching text message just expressing gratitude for my compassion, encouragement, and kindness during a time when he needed it most. And he went on, I was blown away. He went on to actually thank me for being a vessel of God's love and helping him navigate that really, really challenging moment in time. And he sent me that selfie. You know, when I got it, I, I soaked it in very deeply. I was receiving it. Not for what I did, but I was reminded of what kind of exchanges, human to human connection exchanges are possible. See, this exchange wasn't about what I did. It was about who we were together at that moment and in that time. It also reminded me of the importance of knowing ourselves in that place and space and operating freely when we are present to serve each other with compassion and authenticity. I'm still blown away by it. You know, have you ever had like these unusual set of circumstances that again, catch you off guard, you recalibrate, you readjust, and it's though you're with that person in that moment and it's as though everyone else on the planet fades away and it, they come to the forefront and both of you come to the forefront and you're locked in. It was one of those times. So I want to get practical really coming out of that and how appreciative I was and still am, a framework that I want to encourage you as a leader to perhaps adopt, embrace, utilize with your sphere of influence, your team members, your organization. I see that if you want to be more present and you want to counteract um People just in your midst, in your sphere, in your network, feeling alone, slipping through the cracks because they're on the verge of being burnt out or already there and may not even fully realize it. Maybe they're having some mental health challenges right now that they don't even know how to overcome. So easily in the workplace, people can slip through the cracks. They can just, we don't even realize and then all of a sudden they quit or they're distant. They're not present. They're not performing. And we just view it oftentimes as they're not being competent. They're not 
being resilient. I think if we really want to build and foster resilient culture, it really begins with what I call seeing each other. And that acronym C, S-E-E. And this involves three intentional things that will ensure we do see each other in times of blessing and also times of trial in the workplace, in our homes, in our neighborhoods, so on and so forth. So the S stands for being supportive. In other words, quick to serve, quick to come alongside or even get under and lift people up, just that heart of selflessness. The first E stands for being empathetic, quick to understand, quick to you know ask some questions, to be present with a seeking, a seeking out of really understanding what someone is going through so you can better support and serve them in and out of that place. And then last E is encouraging, quick to lift up. See, when we see each other by being supportive, empathetic, and encouraging, we're stronger together. And this is what resilience is all about. And I want to encourage you today. I want to challenge you. Be quick to see others in your midst. But more importantly, freely you have received to freely give. Be quick to see yourself, become more aware of who you are. So in and out of that place, you can see others more effectively. So we will be stronger together. I hope you are encouraged by this message this month. I look forward to subsequent months where we're going to have special inside out leadership guests. And once in a while, I might just put a pause on those guests to share a meaningful and impactful story of my own. Make it a fantastic day. Bye.